Hey, business building warrior. This is Jim, your host of Silent Sales Machine Radio. I've got a guest coming on today for a longer episode, but man, we cover a lot of good territory. It's a family that's a homeschool family. They've raised all their kids and they're all married, moved out now. There's been some tragedy. There's been some exciting moments. There's been some scary moments. It's a multi-year journey that you're about to go on with my friend, Sue, who has asked to remain anonymous. And we're completely fine honoring that request. Maybe you're even thinking about being a guest on our show, but you don't want people tracking you down and knowing who you are, digging into your business. Hey, that's cool. Maybe you don't want your employer knowing you're on a podcast because you still have a real job. We do this all the time. First name only, audio only, to protect the identity of our guests. And that's what we did today with Sue. But what a compelling story. She had a friend of hers tell her about this podcast several years ago. She started listening. She's learned many of the strategies that we teach around here. She's applied them. She's had a business that went from $88,000 her first year, several years ago in sales before she was even tracking her profits. So we're not sure what they were back then to most recently, she's got a seven-figure total rolling sales business for the last... 365 days. You know, Amazon reports that on their uh, on your seller app. She's at seven figures for the last 365 days right now at great margins. And we dive into all of the numbers, but she's tried multiple strategies. She's doing some wholesale. She's done some bundles. Uh, she's got some private label products that she's launched. And it's just fun hearing the journey unfold. Yes, this can be done. They started with $500. That's it. That's all they had. That's all they could spend several years ago. They've just rolled that money over, rolled it over. Now they've got a seven-figure business. And it's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, some significant losses and challenges along the way. But as she speaks from the heart and shares her story, I think you're going to be encouraged and motivated And my prayer for this episode for you as you listen to it is that you find some encouragement from it, that you find strength in it, that you find yourself thinking, okay, they went through some crazy stuff and figured this out. I think I can do that as well. That's what we want for you. That's why we do this show. We want you to be challenged and encouraged by the stories that you hear hear, here, here, the real world stories of people who are going through it. And it's not always easy, but they've built something amazing. And in this case, man, she's just glowing with gratitude at the end. I was able to see her on my screen because she didn't mind me knowing who she was, obviously, but you're only able to hear the audio. But she just glowed at certain points of her story today. She doesn't do a lot of this sort of thing. After we stopped recording, she said, I'm such an extreme introvert. That was exhausting. And it is a longer episode. It, it, It does take work, but she's just not used to doing this sort of thing. But it was so transparent. And I think you really will see that uh, this is a significant episode. For those who've listened to many episodes, this is probably going to crawl its way up to the top of your list when we're done because uh, it's just so transparent and so helpful. And uh, it's heart-wrenching at times even just to to think through putting yourself in the position that she's faced. And maybe you've got a tragic story as well. You've had difficult things happen in your life. We all do at certain points. This is going to be one of those shows that I hope really encourages you. There, There can be and there is in fact, light at the end of this dark road. And we want to be part of helping that financial burden be lifted as much as possible as we teach the creative strategies for using the internet. All right. God bless you, business building warrior. Let's jump over. I'm I'm excited to introduce you to my new friend, Sue, and share this story. Enjoy. So Sue, welcome to the program. 
Oh, thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. It's truly a pleasure getting to know you. We've talked a few minutes offline, but I can't wait to dive in and hear the rest of your amazing story after reading your bio. Let's go. Well, you know, I I was just a very simple homeschooling mom. We had five kids. Uh, my husband and I, we were high school sweethearts. We met actually in Panama and Panama Canal. We were neighbors and um, we moved to California and we've lived here, gosh, I don't know, 30, 30 plus years. So we had five kids and we were homeschooling all those kids. And in order to do that, we I was, of course, staying at home and my husband was working. So he was the only breadwinner. As you know, in this day and age, that is super challenging to do. Absolutely. Yeah. But it was extremely important to us. We weren't always, we weren't raised as Christians, but through a marriage crisis, we came to faith in Christ. And we kind of latched on to a verse from Psalm 145 that says, one generation shall proclaim your works to the next and tell of all your mighty deeds. And that really became the driving force of everything that we did. So it was of the utmost importance for us to pour into our kids We wanted them to know this great God that we had come to know and who had basically salvaged our marriage out of a very broken place and really became everything to us and, you know, just the foundation of our life. So we invested all of our time into those kids. We chose to homeschool them. And I was very hesitant, as you know, to come on to this podcast because I like to live a quiet life. Yes, but, you were resistant. We talked you into it though. And I truly do appreciate it. Thank, thank you again for that. And, you know, I, I really thought about it. And as I thought about the um, financial hardship of homeschooling with the one income and, and raising, mm-hmm. you know, the family with one income, I, I have often thought if I had just discovered selling on Amazon years prior, how much help that would have been not to do it full time because I wanted, you know, the majority of our time being invested in our children, but even just to bring in an extra uh, $500 a month would have totally changed our life Mm -hmm. because finances were difficult. If we had a car breakdown, which was frequently, you know, it was a major hurdle. So I thought, yeah, I, I think if if this would help anybody to be able to stay home with their kids, to be able to homeschool their kids, then I would be willing to do it. And we launched into this with a goal of my husband and I, you know, basically we were coming to the end of our homeschool journey. We did not have any savings or provision for retirement, and we were very interested in business. So I had started a a small cooking business, actually. And that was exhausting. It was just on your feet. And How long ago was this now? This was in 2016. And so that was right before we started the journey into Amazon. Okay. So a couple of years prior, we had been on a field trip with our kids And I had met a a dear friend who now is a dear friend. Um, Her name is Rose. And she had introduced me while I was doing the cooking cooking business. She had gotten involved with selling on Amazon. And uh, so she said to me, you're working too hard. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank so God for friends yeah. with a timely word, right? Yes, yes. So she introduced me and I had $500 from my cooking business because like I said, it was hard to scrape two cents together, you know? So I took that $500, I signed up for Amazon and I just jumped in. I didn't do any research. I see all these people hemming and hawing about should I, should I not? <laughs> I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I don't didn't have do any it time right. for that. So I, so I guess your kids were getting older at this point and they were more getting independent. Older, yeah. Your time freed up. You started started thinking entrepreneurial prospects. Yes. And yes. that's about five years or so ago at this point. It's five, six years. Okay, I, I'm with you. So you you jumped into Amazon with five hundred dollars. How'd it go? Yes. So to answer your question, we we were all of our kids had graduated, they were married. And uh, they were thriving, except for our youngest son, Jason. He was, we were still homeschooling him. And um, so he just, you know, he came along with mom. Yeah, Um, we'll we'll talk more about him shortly, because I know know the part of the story the listeners don't know yet on that one. Yeah. So it went surprisingly well. I mean, I spent that $500 so quickly. And basically, my dear friend Rose, she was teaching me clearance, you know, go to the store and look at the Mm -hmm. clearance and scan it. And Mm -hmm. that was it. That was all I knew. Well, so I did that and I I did pretty well. I mean, and the thing started selling so fast and I had a lot of resistance in the beginning. My husband was very cautious, but when he saw that things started to sell so fast, he said, here's 500 more dollars I made from working overtime, you know, see what you can do with this. So that really helped. So we continued on that path of just doing retail arbitrage and mostly really it was based on clearance. But I live in a highly populated area. I would go to, you know, in the Bay Area, I'd go to the NCAP where the clearance was and man, there was a traffic jam there of three different sellers all scanning the same items, Mm -hmm. you know. It was just a very oversaturated model for business in our area. My friend Rose continued to thrive doing that and I just did not have, you know, the inventory there. Although I can't complain, I sold 88000 the first six months of our journey there. So Wow. Do you happen to remember yeah. your margins approximately? I don't because I wasn't looking. I wasn't smart enough to know about margins. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> I even sold things at a loss in the beginning. Yeah. And I was just not business savvy. I was not tech savvy. And I had to overcome a lot of obstacles. Sure. Also, I should say, I wasn't spending any of the money. Right. We had decided that we wanted to continue to roll everything that we made back into the business. Well, you turned that 500 into how much in the bank? Maybe that gives us a decent ballpark. Do you happen to recall approximately? No, I don't. I don't. I just know. <laughs> it that was a I'm, positive number though. <laughs> yeah. How did I get to selling 88,000 in the first six months with $500? You know, that's, that's about the best I can say. That's rolling it over. You know, obviously you were were quite profitable for that. I mean, you just doing the math, that's a, Mm -hmm. if you're moving your inventory fairly quickly, that's a, at least a 30% or so net margin to turn 500 into 90,000 in sales. Yeah. Uh, You know, that's, you were finding some good stuff. Yes. And you know what? I, I just felt like God was in it and I was trying all avenues there were some days where I wouldn't find anything. I'd go, I was trying every model. I was trying, you know, books and everything. Some days I'd look at books for an entire day and wouldn't find anything until one day after eight hours of looking, 
I find one book for a dollar that sells for 300. You know, I had stuff like that happen. And Mm. I just felt like God was totally directing me. One time I, I walked into a Walmart and they had put out on clearance hundreds of game, you know, CDs for a dollar. And that was like payday. Gold mine. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was totally. So that those kind of things helped a lot. But that kind of dried up and I continued to kind of go on that path. And then I really started um, branching out. I started listening to the podcast, to the Silent Sales Machine podcast. Oh, As I was on my treadmill at the gym, I'd be listening to the podcast. And I started hearing some really different ideas that right. you know were exciting to me. I started hearing about finding exclusive products and going to trade shows and talking to brands and asking them if they wanted to sell their products on Amazon. And so this was probably around 2018. 2017, I know we we continued to sell high. We sold 149,000. We had a a $32,000 profit on our Schedule C at that point. And then we still weren't taking any money out. We were continued to roll over to use that profit for to buy more inventory until 2018. And that is when we finally invested in a nice car. That was huge for us to have a car that didn't break down. And we paid that out of the business. And that was like a big reward for all of this work. And it was a very nice car. So that was super fun for us. Sounds like a great memory. (laughs) It it was. And I know the the listeners can't see you, but that's a great smile as you were just recalling that that car purchase. Sounds like a great day for you guys. Yeah, it was uh, it was doubly fun because our son, Jason, loved infinities. He was obsessed with them, you know, teenage boy. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know we were going to buy an infinity. When we were talking about, we didn't know we were going to buy one. Anyway, we came home with an infinity and he was over the moon excited about that. (laughs) So so then in July of 2018, I started going to really small trade shows and taking your advice. And mind you, I felt so green and, you know, so challenged in so many ways. Everything was, I was a great homeschooling mom. I could do anything with a textbook, but you asked me to do something technical. Oh, oh, it was so difficult. I remember <laughs> trying to learn how to use a CSV file and I'd be in here just grumbling at the computer and my husband would hear me and just driving everybody crazy, grumbling, trying to figure these things out, you know, because I had not, I didn't have any exposure to any technical stuff. So, so I went to the trade show. I approached, I think about five different brands. They were there and they were sharing their products And I just walked right up to them in my complete naivety and asked them if they wanted to sell their products on Amazon. To my surprise, they were very enthusiastic. And I was very caught off guard because I wasn't prepared for them to say (laughs) yes. Yeah. Um, And the world hasn't changed a lot since then, actually. I mean, this is, we're talking 2018 now, right? Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's still pretty much the general rule of thumb is there don't a lot of brands don't know what to do with Amazon. Like, oh, you're an Amazon expert. I've got some questions for you. We've been struggling. You know, here, you know, they give you their list. Yeah, each Most one of brands these brands had tried to sell on Amazon, and they mm-hmm. really could not take the time to figure it out. 
Yeah, that's not so, their business. Um, yeah, they've got the things they're good at, and Amazon's not one of them yet. Exactly, they're running their business successfully, and that's taking mm-hmm. all of their time. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they just did not have the time to do it. So they were more than willing to sell me their products, and some of them had listings already up. One of them had a listing they were going to go through Amazon retail and have, you know, sell their products to Amazon, and they did not like dealing with them at all. So they discontinued that and never started selling their products to them. So they had listings that were up and I was able to just, you know, start selling their products on those listings. And those brands grew. They grew over time. They were, they were pretty steady. And that really became a foundation for my business. They were the products that really, and still to this day, pay our bills, you know? Wow. Uh, So here we are um, in, in late 2022. And mm-hmm. those relationships you established in 2018 with those products. Uh, now, are you selling them on your account? Yeah, I'm selling them on my account. None of them I did offer to them to, you know, basically be their brand manager and, and manage on their account. And none of them wanted to go in that direction. Yeah. So that was fine. It's actually maybe easier for me to do it all from my own account, but I do have to, you know, purchase the inventory ahead of time. Right. You know, and some of them I did have to create listings for. And so I learned how to do that. And that was a lot simpler back in those days, um, creating listings. But I think the thing is that I just went forward in faith and jumped into this and it was fun. I just took a chance and it, it, it went well. So how, how were you your know, numbers in, in 2018? What'd you end up with? 2018, we sold 317,000, but on schedule C, I only came up with 24,000. I'm not sure why that was. I don't, I don't know enough to, to, <laughs> to figure it out, but. Were you pulling some funds out of your business to pay yourself at that point? Not in 2018. No, we had just bought the car. We did not start pulling funds out really to pay ourselves until about 2019, I think. Okay. Well, you paid um, for the car out of your business though. Yes, I did. So yes, that did. would be a big mm-hmm. chunk of the, the funds, you know, that yeah, would otherwise sure. be considered profits, right? So that's why, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, another aspect from that was challenging was the relationships with the vendors and learning to talk to all different kinds of people mm-hmm. because I had basically been in my homeschooling bubble. And mm-hmm. I just want to mention that because I'm hoping that there's a homeschooling mama out there who needs to make a little income or maybe would make the difference in, can I stay home and homeschool my kids? And I'm telling you, I am just all for that and believe that the culture really is just trying. There is a war on a spiritual battle for our kids' hearts. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to share a little bit about my heartbreak in a minute here. But in spite of the fact that I was homeschooling and had my kid you know, our children raised in a godly environment, the culture, I still lost a child to the culture, yeah. basically. And so I just want to make it possible, if at all possible, if you have an opportunity to stay home with your kids, to homeschool your kids, because public schools are just an indoctrination camp to win your kids' hearts, and then that's not for good. Yeah, so yeah. I'm passionate about that. And well, we've we've homeschooled all of ours as well. And and I have some great mm-hmm. friends, really good people who are in the public school system. 
But the odds are just so stacked against in so many significant ways now that the cultural drift away from those traditional values, mm-hmm. you know, I would call them biblical values, but just, you know, those, the family value, mom and a dad and kids and, you know, loving God, loving your country, like that, we're drifting away from that pretty oh, yeah. aggressively. Some people would applaud that. Mm-hmm. Okay. You do you, I guess, but that's what made our country great, in my opinion. And and those who want to protect those kind of values and traditional values, uh, it is a scary time to be a parent for sure. And we didn't homeschool so much out of a uh, sense of concern of where the culture was drifting at the time. You know, our, we're on the tail end of homeschooling our five now. It was more so of who loves kids more than their mom? Yeah. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. You're a confident, capable person. Mm-hmm. You can teach a kid to read. You can teach basic math. We'll stick them in middle school maybe someday. But here came middle school age kids. And we were thinking, you know what? This is kind of going great. The flexibility, the kids are way ahead of their peers in so many ways. Great friend groups are playing sports. Let's just do middle school. Maybe we'll think about high school. And then mm-hmm. they came to high school age. None of them wanted to go. We didn't want them to go. Mm-hmm. We'd mm-hmm. rather be able to travel and be flexible and they were becoming very entrepreneurial. So here we are, we, all our kids went yeah. through, we homeschooled from the beginning. We we never imagined that's how it would go, but now wouldn't trade it for the world. So just to echo what you're saying, and I completely agree, if you have the opportunity at all, if it's at all possible, you will not regret keeping those kids home and strengthening those relationships. And uh, uh, we've benefited mm-hmm. in so many ways. And, and my wife is actually a big advocate for, she actually does has a business consulting people who are considering homeschooling and helping Mm -hmm. them think through. Does this make Mm -hmm. sense? Can we afford it? What curriculum should I use? How do you Mm -hmm. handle this scenario? What about sports? You know, all that stuff. You know, she's got a little business where she has. There's so much excellent curriculum available. It's Mm -hmm. just a matter of following instructions. And, you know, you can retain the values that you, you know, the biblical values that you're raising your kids on. And that, like I said before, that was really, you know, our desire. Yeah, our driving desire of for our kids yeah. to follow the Lord and mm-hmm. uh, to know Him like we did. So that was why we were homeschooling and to have a Christian worldview. We wanted that for our kids to be able to mm-hmm. look out at the world and have discernment and see what's going on. And that takes time and effort. And yeah, we are losing so many kids to this culture. It's it's tragic. And I know that that people recognize that. And I know that homeschool moms are probably intimidated to think about doing a business and I can't do that. I, I, but you know, but if I could, if I could just make $500 a month, then maybe I could homeschool, you know, and it was intimidating. I had to learn how to talk to people that they were not the type of people that I normally talk to. Let's just say that. Right. <laughs> you know yeah. They were very, you had very, to get out of your comfort zone a little bit, right? Totally, totally out of my comfort zone. Business will do that to you. It yeah. will always do it to you. Your business stops growing at the moment you decide you've settled into a comfort zone. And, and that's a dangerous place to be. There's no such thing as steady state yeah. with business. It's it's declining or it's increasing. And if it's increasing, that means you're constantly getting out of your comfort zone. So that's, that is the journey. It's a leadership journey. But I completely echo the sentiments you have. We have so many, you know, we've got over 500 podcast episodes now, Sue, and so many of them are these incredible, I call them the, the greatest heroes of our community. Not only are they single moms, huge, huge mm. thing to carry, right? Mm-hmm. But they're homeschooling single moms who also have incredible businesses. I'm like, just doing any one of those is an accomplishment. Doing yeah. all of that, that's mm-hmm. incredible. Those are the greatest heroes. And so if they can do it, you know, 
if you've yeah. got a spouse, you got someone else, you got two of you there and figure mm-hmm. out a way to make it happen. And I'm very proud of the fact that we've now got a large contingent of, of folks who kind of represent that homeschool, Amazon e-commerce is helping pay the bills to make it happen. Our mm-hmm. community has a strong core of those types of families in it. And uh, I, I couldn't be more proud of the people who are accomplishing what you're basically challenging folks to consider. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I kept listening to the, to the podcast. I listened to the private label idea, you know, and I had, we had an idea. So we, we found a local manufacturer and we started manufacturing a product and still selling that product today, but just um, exposing yourself to all the different ideas on the podcast, you know, was just so helpful because it started the wheels turning and started thinking about, you know, gee, what can I do? And it wasn't, I didn't have to make a big, big investment. I know, you know, there's, we want to caution people always not to put all your money into, you know, one product, but I was able to test it and start small and it flourished and it did well. So. Congratulations. That's um, fantastic. Some other things that I learned as we were growing was outsourcing. You talked about that a lot. So I got a prep team hired a Sue's crew, called it, you know, and they've been with me now forever. I pay them generously because we live in California and, you know, they worked up over time, but they're so faithful and they are so good at what they do. And they, they keep our inventory so organized. They work quickly and efficiently. They don't make errors. And that has just been a huge blessing. There's no way that I could possibly prep and ship all of that inventory, you know, ourselves. So they're very reliable. And it's at another homeschooling mom. She's very glad to have the income. And our schedule is totally flexible around everything that she needs to do. And it was a homeschooling mom and her uh, twin daughters. They have now grown up and married. And um, they still work occasionally when they have time. So <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see, where do we go? So we're kind of hitting our stride and we're we're doing pretty good. We're we're in 2019. I did fail to tell you that the why behind us starting this business was really because my husband was experiencing pain issues. He had a job, um, his full-time job was very physically demanding, and we really needed to have him stop working that job. And so we wanted to, that's the reason why we kept rolling over our income instead of taking anything out. We wanted to build up to a size to where we could actually replace his income with our Amazon income. And we were doing good. We were heading in that direction. And then in 2019, we we were- A hard year. A hard year for you guys. A very hard- yeah. And uh, let me let me just preface what you're about to share with us by saying uh, once again, and I told you off air and I, I may have mentioned it earlier on, but this is not an easy thing for you to to recount and to share. And our prayer, we prayed together before we started this episode today because of how difficult some of this was going to be. And uh, if you were being completely selfish, you would just kind of keep this to yourself and just kind of heal. But your hope that you shared with me was that this can help encourage someone and get them through a valley and and get them walking closer with God, perhaps that you felt like it was time for you to share this. So I just want to say thank you. And uh, it's it's truly meaningful to me. And I think many, many others are going to be impacted by this. So thank you for sharing what you're about to share. And I don't know exactly what you're going to say, but I, I, I first know the highlights and they're, and they're not good. So please continue. Yeah. 
Well, I mentioned the battle for our kids' hearts and, you know, the encouraging to homeschool. And even though we were doing all of those things and we have a very sincere faith, a faith that was very active in our home, we read the Bible together as a family almost daily. And our youngest son was just a very active child. He needed to be physical. And so we would let him go for hours to the skate park and get that energy out. And unfortunately, that contributed to his demise. Now, he was very careful to stay out of trouble until he was 18, actually. Uh, You know, his friends told us Jason would not, he wouldn't touch drugs. He wouldn't, he just, he wouldn't do anything. And then all of a sudden, you know, he, he ran into some heartbreaking issues for a young man. And he, when he turned 18, he just, the culture stopped him up and he started using drugs very heavily. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, it took him. We walked into his bedroom and found him dead in his bed. And he died from an overdose of fentanyl. He thought that mm. he was taking a, a Percocet. And this is so prevalent out there right now. Yeah, That's one of the, you know, the spiritual issues that is going on is all the fentanyl that is poured into this country right now. Yes. He thought that he was taking a Percocet that would help him come down. He was addicted to cocaine. He wanted to sleep. So he took a Percocet. It wasn't a Percocet. It was a fake bill with mm-hmm. fentanyl. And um, I'm so sorry. He died. So that was, uh, of course, very difficult to deal with. And it was shocking. We were totally shocked by everything that happened, you know? Yeah. I, can, and, I mean, um, I, I just, I can't imagine. And, and this is, you know, this isn't decades ago. This was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And, this was, so it's uh, still fresh. He's October 13th, 2019. And um, he was just shy of his 19th birthday. Tomorrow, actually, October 28th, he would have been 22. And here you are so, sharing this story. Thanks again. So we, um, in our grief, and grief is, I had never experienced a loved one dying. And then to have a child die is pretty debilitating. And there was a lot of shock and dismay. And, you know, it was a complicated situation about who he was and what happened in his life. And um, to get him to that point, and a lot of soul searching And um, that's why I just say you just don't underestimate the value of the culture that it's playing on your kids. Yeah, the the power the power it has, and and how careful we have to be, the precautions we need to take as parents to to shield and protect, and and -hmm. instill in our kids those things, you know. And and I gotta believe that you know your son had it not been for the series of decisions and then the mistake, he would have come around eventually. Right, because the the Bible tells us, raise up your child in the way they should go, and when they're older, they will not depart from it. But sometimes that middle period between them being raised right and then them getting older and coming back around, you know, there's a window of time there that um, where they can really do some damage, unfortunately. And there really is, and it's a well-known fact that young men's minds don't completely mature correct. until yeah. they're older. Oh, trust me, I tell my boys that all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, I'm like, you're still stupid. I know you don't think you are, but you trust me. The yeah. 40, year old, 40 year old you right now is on my side on this issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, continued 
I continued with business, crying all the way. Of, I remember going into a retail store. It was, you know, Q4. We kind of do a little bit more retail during the Q4 season. Sure. Well, last quarter of the year. And unfortunately, the tears didn't stop just because I was out in public. Mm. And the owner of the store was very concerned about me and wanted to just help me in any way she could. So she sold me <laughs> more products and, you know, it was, but it was, it was rough. It was, it was very rough, but we, we did persevere, but you know, grief is, grief is a daily thing. It's part of our life and it changed us forever. And it was, it was, it was, it shook us up a lot, but we are, we are coming coming back to health spiritually. So it's taken a while and our journey wasn't over with his death. We continue to have some hardships, but it's interesting because going back to the business side, 2020 was an absolute boomer year for us. And we had, my husband was able to retire in God's mercy. Uh, shortly after Jason died, he was offered an early buyout from his job. And that coupled with the fact that our business was thriving at that moment enabled him to leave, you know, AT&T and to, um, to come home. Praise so God that for was that. Super, yeah, so in the middle was, of, you know, the, one of the most difficult years in recent memory for many, many people, more people than probably any other year that we could all point to on the calendar. <laughs> you guys were just, and, and, and right on the heels of you guys going through a tragic loss, you were blessed in a big way, financially at least, you know, which that brings a sense of stability that, okay, we, we, we can get through this, we can make it. Because had you had financial troubles heaped on top of the significant loss, I mean, this right. could be a very different story right now, but mm -hmm. the, the God knew what he was doing. It was God's provision. And remember, we did not have any savings for retirement. We had no provision right. for retirement because we wanted to invest everything in our kids. We right. did that deliberately and we don't regret that at all. You know, and we were we were willing. That was nothing mm -hmm. to, you know, live with little and simply was I, and I don't want to with our adult adult children, you know. Yeah. It was worth it. That small sacrifice of income was worth it to invest everything. I completely agree. I, I don't want to blow past the point that you're making right now because I couldn't mm -hmm. agree more. And I, I yeah. would like to challenge the thinking. Sometimes, sometimes people say, "Well, you you got to have two incomes to raise a family these days." I would push back a little bit against that because at, at what cost is the question? And mm -hmm. maintaining those relationships with your kids and having kids who can who can stand on their own. And you know, like in our family, for example, our kids are launching very successful businesses. Mm -hmm. And the the numbers are going to work out really good, actually, as far as you just look yeah. at the total dollar volume generated by the commitment that we made to this path. Because my wife, I don't talk about, about it all that often on this podcast, but she graduated top of her class with an insurance degree, had multiple great job offers. But mm -hmm. we decided, no, that's not the path that God wants for our family. She's going to stay home and raise the kids and be a mm -hmm. mom and a homeschool mom. And and so we sacrificed at this point, you know, you could arguably say, you could talk about a lot of money, right. you could put yeah. some commas and zeros on that number, right? Where mm -hmm. she'd be in her career now, 30 years in, you know? So you could easily say, oh, was that justified? Well, you look at how well our kids are doing and, and exactly. businesses yeah. are launching and our family dynamics now. There's no price you could put on a piece of paper that I would exchange for yeah. 
where my kids are now, the, the trajectory yes. they have, the relationships we have, the things mm-hmm. they were protected from until mm-hmm. they were ready to, to talk about them. I want to talk about these things with my kids when I'm ready to. Right. Yeah, I don't exactly. need some first grade teacher exposing my kid to that content yet. I think I'm yeah. going to wait, but that, that yes. kid mm. might be ready and this one's not. I'll make that decision right. as yeah. the parent. So we were able yeah. to do that and, and it's paid huge dividends mm-hmm. for us. Yeah, we have the same experience. We have uh, two of our kids who are entrepreneurs, very successful. And all I of them know that. Are, Fantastic. Yeah, our, our oldest son is a worship pastor. And so, and they're all living their life for Christ and they are wow. all our best friends and the joy of our life. So yes, mm-hmm. we lost one. Um, temporarily. We know that he is in heaven. I know that he wasn't living the life of a saint, but I do know that he trusted in Christ as his Savior. And I do know that he was remorseful because of some text messages and some conversation, you know, that we were able to have. I have that to hold on to. He was repentant. Yeah. So you'll you'll Um, see him again. So yeah, my husband was able to uh, retire and to come home. And we had a fantastic year. That year we sold 842,000 and we actually pocketed 123,000. So that's about 15%. I like to share that because everybody always wants to know what the bottom line is. And that 15% is with an amazing accountant who that was another thing that I heard from about outsourcing find the good financial help, find a good accountant. And so we (laughs) actually looked through Dave Ramsey recommendations and found somebody local. And the guy that we found was familiar with e-commerce. And so, you know, when you're looking at your numbers, it's really hard to qualify and say what percentage it is because there are so many benefits that don't show up in that bottom line. Right. Such as the fact that, you know, we drive a car that is paid for by the corporation, you know, those type of things. There's other benefits. We actually rent our warehouse space from ourselves because we right. own it, you know, that type of thing. So there's, it's, it's, it's valuable. A good creative and, accountant can, you know, can pay more than pay for themselves. Has that been your experience? Oh, yes, definitely. Right. right. I yeah. mean, it's, it's one of the best pieces of advice I ever give is, find and and you probably heard me say it i've been saying it the same way for 15 18 years is mm-hmm. find someone who's been doing it a long time and even if they don't specialize in e-commerce they'll know someone who does i would take rather than like a, a young e-commerce specialized accountant i would take a guy who's been doing it 30 years small well, business Jim, i gotta tell you it's funny but our our accountant was a homeschool prodigy and he was a young man <laughs> well but hey he was working that's in awesome. his father's business yeah and he was a genius. You could just tell that by talking to him. So yeah. I had a hundred percent confidence. In oh, him. it sounds like he did a tremendous job for you. You know, just as a, as a general rule, there's always exceptions, right? But yeah, you know, I like to work with people and doing it a while, but then, you know, along come these amazing young guys and, you know, one of my sons is running a consulting firm in his early twenties and he has uh-huh. clients paying him a lot of money because he's kind of that same vein of, and actually you talked about being best friends with your kids. I was his best man at his wedding here. About oh, that's so, <laughs> so special. I, mean, I love how that. many dads get to do that with their son, oh, right? I mean, that's beautiful. Uh, and it totally yeah. surprised me that that's, that yeah. was what he wanted to do. And uh, I've never heard of a dad doing that before. That's pretty cool. You know, I, I, it's a rare thing. They tell me yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it a whole lot either, but it was very natural for us. We, we really are. We're that close because, you know, that's, that's the path we decided for our family. We gave up a yeah. little and we, and we were rewarded and blessed. Yeah. And you know, there's people who we went to high school with 
They never married. They never had family. Their life seems so empty oh, because sure. they don't have they don't have those relationships. They don't have children to have those relationships and have that family. Really, family is what it's all about. So I just say invest in family. Completely. Another thing that we learned from the podcast, or actually more so from uh, Legends, because I became a measure of, uh, a member of Legends, which is a subgroup of. Um, I'll stick a link in the uh, show notes so people can go check it out. Yeah, it's a it's like a smaller, more personal subgroup of our larger community, is the way I typically describe it. We'll get back to the program in just a second, but I want to tell you about some features included in a software tool called Sellerboard. It's time for you to know your numbers. Get over to silentgym.com slash numbers and check out the special offer that we have for this community with Sellerboard. Starting at just $15 a month, you can get a suite of powerful tools that not only help you understand all your numbers, but give you follow-up email tools, review request campaigns, inventory management, reimbursements for lost and damaged stock and FBA errors, listing change alerts. Wouldn't it be nice to know if one of the listings you're selling on has changed? You can get those alerts with Sellerboard. Pay-per-click bid and keyword optimization, much more. It's a very robust package at a very low price with a great special offer for listeners to this show. If you're an Amazon seller and you don't know your numbers, you need Sellerboard. Get over to silentgym.com slash numbers and check it out. Let's get back to the show. I'll stick a link in the uh, show notes so people can go check it out. Yeah, it's a it's like a smaller, more personal subgroup of our larger community is the way I typically describe it. So we learned about bundles and we learned about the Bank on Yourself program. Mm. And that was that that helped us so much. So we started actually saving for retirement and you know, funding that. We still do that. We're putting about three thousand dollars a month, I think, in for our retirement savings. So that was super yeah. helpful. So you basically, that's the uh, the process of buying uh, life insurance policies and accessing those funds. Yes. As you know, so you, you're getting the interest instead of the bank holding your money, you're holding it in life insurance policies. And, and there's great content out there on that subject for sure. I'll put some resources in the show notes as well on that. Yeah. And you're making 5% and you can yeah. borrow it from yourself and right. pay it back or not pay it back. Exactly. So that actually enabled us to build, we built a warehouse space on our property. And while we nice. did that, we also built a rental on our on the back of our property, <laughs> so nice. that the tenants cannot see us and we cannot see them, sure. because we built built it so that there are no windows mm. on the side that faces our property. How much and, land do you um, have? If you don't mind me asking, no, it's just a small piece. It's less than a quarter acre. Yeah, but, but we you just built two places, two houses on it. Yes. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah, it's um, yeah. The the town that we live in allows that. So. Fantastic. Good for you. So that's cash flow positive investment there. And that was another thing. Like I said, we were not prepared. We were actually, what we did while we were raising our family was we refinanced our house many times in order to, for me to be able to stay at home. And, and so we still have that mortgage and now, you know, we're in our sixties. And so you would think, you know, that that's not a good setup for being retired, but this, income that we get from the rental actually covers most of our mortgage payment. So really the benefits have been innumerable from associating ourselves with business people who are business minded and just exposing ourselves to those things and learning to think about money in a different way. 
And I'm sorry, Dave Ramsey, but it's not about just paying off your debt because when you get to that point, you're still broke. Yeah. But if you use debt only, and we didn't use debt for our business until much later, I think it was 2019, where we started using debt for our Amazon business. And that was only after I had the confidence in what I was buying because a person could sure lose a lot of money using credit to make purchases when you don't have the experience, you know? Right. And a, a confidence in the system you've built. Yeah. I, I've actually, a, a few times, I, you know, I don't want to call it love, hate, because hate's way too strong of a word. It's almost a, a love slash slight disagreement with Dave Ramsey relationship, right? Because uh-huh. uh, he's helped, he has helped so many people. It's undeniable. But I see, see people as, you know, just because you've got your nose up out of the water now, just because you've gotten yourself to to zero, <laughs> yes. that's the start of the journey, buddy. Yeah. You know, living, living uh, act your wage, he says sometimes. I'm like, no, don't act your wage. Make more money. The opportunities are everywhere. Let's, let's mm-hmm. create an uh, entrepreneur. So Dave Ramsey endorsed one of my books. It sold extremely well as a result. I'm grateful forever. All the proceeds went to support a great ministry. I was telling you a little bit about that offline before we started today. Uh-huh. You know, so I'm very grateful for the impact he's had on my business. But I do, I, I find myself sometimes a little frustrated. It's like, don't tell people to deliver pizzas and eat beans and rice. Tell them to launch businesses. That's why I feel like I'm just kind of like jumping out of my seat sometimes mm-hmm. to launch an e-commerce business. I can help. Uh, and we certainly have had a lot of people to kind of trickle our way from that community as well over the years. Uh, a lot of points of connection between his his work and our, our work here. But yeah, I couldn't agree more. Now's the greatest time to be alive in his, human history when it comes to entrepreneurship. So you're kind of crazy to ignore it. The risks are as low as they'll ever be. The potential rewards are as high as they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Do it. Make it happen. That's what we love to do here is encourage that. So I love that we've had that influence on you over the years and just kind of seeing the, this this story, this legacy unfold and you keep interjecting like, well, then I heard on your podcast, hey, you know, look into bundles. Mm-hmm. So we started yeah. doing it. Like it's, You know, I wanted to add that listening to Dave Ramsey was actually kind of a guilt trip because on one income, there was no way we could do some of the things that he was suggesting. Mm. We could not spend less and we could not make more because of the decisions we had made and the priorities for our family. So this has been, it's just been revolutionary and freeing. Well, that's that's awesome. I love, mm-hmm. so uh, next time I see uh, Dave Ramsey, I don't think he'd even recognize me. He endorsed my book, but it's not like we're buddies and I text him on the weekends or anything, but like, hey, yeah, they uh, they kind of drifted into my podcast as the way to get their family forward. You know, what do you think of that, buddy? <laughs> well, you know what? Not using credit for personal, you know. Huge. Yeah. The that's basic different. Business. That's different. But for business expense, that's, you know. So you gotta be wise about but he, that. But he does have, you know, just to to brag one of the books when I when I give when I rattle off my five, 10 books that I really want folks to read to kind of start their uh-huh. entrepreneurial journey. One of them is Dave Ramsey's book, Entree Leadership. Have you ever read it? No. You mm-hmm. might enjoy it. Because uh-huh. if you just listen to his radio show and look at his YouTube channel, you know, he's hitting the mass market, people who have thirty thousand dollars of credit card debt and they're trying to figure out if they should get a second job or not. You know, that's his primary market for his radio show. But he does focus in on small businesses as well. And he has his Entree Leadership Podcast. And that book is actually full of pretty practical oh, stuff. Good. How he went That's from awesome. a card table in his garage uh-huh. to you know, a $500 million business last time I checked. And, mm-hmm. and the steps, the growth, things he had to, you know, very practical. Like when you're hiring people, be sure to meet the spouse before you hire mm-hmm. the person. You know, just real practical stuff like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that um, Interesting. Lessons he's learned along the way. 
And mm-hmm. so they have a, a program for small business owners. And I actually was a part of that. That's how I kind of got to know him and meet him. I actually got to go to his house and all that. So it was pretty cool. But yeah, so I didn't want to completely throw Dave under the bus there. He's got no, some good small yeah, business content. Yeah. It's not just all uh-huh. about getting out of debt. But uh, yeah, but thanks for the guilt trip, Dave. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, God is good. He's faithful. He knew yes, our heart. And now we're, we're kind of coming up to 2021 here. And 2021, oh man, it just really threw us for a loop. We encountered some more hardships and I'm just going to get right to it. What happened was um, November, early November, in the middle of the night, I got a call from my daughter and, and she's married. She's about 35 weeks pregnant. And um, she said, mom, I got to go to the hospital. I have COVID and I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Well, we were... That's about the worst thing I ever wanted to hear is one of my kids saying I have to go to the hospital for COVID because we were very big on staying apprised of what to do to keep yourself healthy so that you were not strongly affected by COVID, Mm -hmm. taking all the supplements, taking the ivermectin. Unfortunately, our kids were hit very hard with COVID and our son at the same time, our oldest son, was struggling to breathe also. And um, he was able to stay at home, but he was on oxygen for weeks and he, he was able to recover. But our daughter went to the hospital. They have absolutely no knowledge of how to treat a pregnant woman with COVID. Pregnancy is a complication for COVID because of the hormones involved. It causes the spike protein to be ex- extremely aggressive. So they thought that they should induce labor. For her, and that that would alleviate um, her oxygen concerns and lighten, you know, her needs uh, for for supplemental oxygen. It was the exact opposite, and there are mm-hmm. there are reasons for that that we discovered later. Actually, um, inducing labor increases your androgens, and that is another factor that makes the spike protein really worse. So that was about the worst thing they could do for her. She ended up delivering baby in the hospital by herself because no one was allowed to be there with her. And baby was, she delivered the baby in an hour, actually. Baby was perfectly fine. No family with, you mean the doctor? No family. I was on the phone with her almost nonstop. And this is, you know, middle of November. Here it is, our prime time for for income and work. And we just, of course, stopped everything. Of course, yeah. There's nothing you can do but pray and seek God and call out to God and rally people and people everywhere. Mm. The world was praying for Emma. She made a full recovery. Besides the fact that she only has half a lung and she has a lot of trauma, she defied all odds because she was intubated for a total of, of seven weeks. And this whole time, we totally, we walked out our front door and never looked back. Didn't think about the fact that it was Q4. Didn't think about the fact that we were losing income. No, we just left. We just left. We just did what we needed to do. We wanted to be with her. And um, and God was faithful. God was faithful to us because one of the products that I talked about when I went to the trade show originally, and I was selling it steadily, it got picked up by an influencer on YouTube on Thanksgiving day. And he mentioned the brand name and I woke up at home in the middle of this trial and I looked at my sales 
and about fell out the bed because it was just, <laughs> I mean, there was, I think it was $5,000 of sales on that one product that day. For one day. For, for, and it continued. And, and it, it really, I mean, it's had every time he mentions it, you know, the scale, the sales just skyrocket. And so basically that's how we paid our bills while we sat by, you know, her bed. And we were able to do that because of this business. So, and, and that's amazing. So that influencer wasn't paid to do this. They just happened to like the brand. It's, it's a, it's a health related product. And so he said, this is the best one. And this is what you all need to take. And he has millions of followers. That's so amazing. everybody immediately rushed to Amazon and bought it. What you a know? blessing that is. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was really tremendous. It was really tremendous. And um, so Emma Emma recovered and went home from the hospital. And just here, sure, it's almost been a year. We are getting ready to go to Arizona to celebrate little mm-hmm. Addie's first birthday. And to have Thanksgiving. What's the birthday? A December, early December, I think you said. Was it? It's actually November nineteenth. November nineteenth. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So, what a yeah. great story. And we're going to stay there. What a there great now. finish to a hard, hard story, but yeah. still. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you know, it, and speaking of hard, people have said, and people were, they were, they were mad. They were people were mad. They're like, how can the I almost said our last name, sorry. How can they be going through this? They already lost a son, you know? Aren't you guys mad? And I wouldn't say mad. I would say dazed and confused and Mm -hmm. feeling like, you know, the rug was taken out from underneath us, but not mad because Mm -hmm. in this world, you will have trouble. This is not paradise. We are not home yet. We think because all of these big teachers teach us positivity and prosperity, not that there's anything wrong with prosperity, but they do not tell us that Jesus said, suffer with me. It's been granted to you to suffer with me. We are in a fallen world. Yeah. Yes, bad things happen to good people. Yeah. But in this world, you have many trouble, but I have overcome the world. <laughs> yes, he has overcome the world. <laughs> he, he teaches us to be reliant on him in those moments, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's and we need to be a lot more resilient as Christians because we are facing more and more challenges in this in this culture, and you can see them coming. And we need to be prepared. The church needs to be prepared. Life isn't always cushy, and that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with your relationship with mm-hmm. Christ. That's right. Everything I heard someone just say, I don't know if I'll nail this quote exactly, Sue, or not, but it, it recently, God God whispers to us in our victories and he He shouts to us in our defeats. Like in those in those moments of loss and pain, just our walk gets so much stronger as we, as we learn what it really means to be reliant. Well, reliant, yes. And that sounds nice. But honestly, God is sometimes very silent when you are very confused and wondering why your son died after you invested your whole life in him. And it takes a while. It takes a while to to work through all of the emotions of that and to come to grips with it and to you know get to the place where you are solid. You feel like a different person. You do not feel like you have the joy that used to come so easily. You do not feel that your countenance is as joyful. You know, all of those things. But in the end, you know, where will I go? Who else but God is there? 
I will rely on him. I will continue to trust in him because he is my God and my father. Beautifully said. Thank you for your transparency, Sue. Very welcome. I'm sure it's having a big impact on the folks today who are, who are listening to this and you know, business inspiration as well as the spiritual walk. You know, just coming to a realization that there's nothing better to lean on in life than a walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've got similar stories, and I'm not going to dive into any of my stories right now. But there's a lot. There's a lot of overlap. We've had a lot of people say, "Wow, you guys have been through a lot." <laughs> like, yeah, mm-hmm. we have. Yeah, but, yeah. But here we are. You know, God keeps bringing us through. And you know, you talk about those uh, the timing. You know, it's it's interesting to me the theme there. After the two biggest losses, the two biggest gut punches, the two yeah. you know body slams mm-hmm. you guys faced as a family, mm-hmm. wow, look, huge blessing right on the other side of it. True. <laughs> right? yeah. mm-hmm. Like, how are we going to get through this? Well, you get through it and there's a mm-hmm. big blessing and uh, on, right on the other side of it. Um, so I love that about your story. I mean, not that that always works out. Sometimes the troubles kind of pile on for a while, but God mm-hmm. has certainly shown you guys uh little rays of hope and, and peace and mm-hmm. um, yeah absolutely it, it it makes for just a brilliant story i hope you've documented all of this over the years or plan to at least because it, 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 it's a pretty compelling story you have to tell well i just told it to the world so there you go <laughs> <laughs> i think you need to write a book at some point just a little challenge from friend to friend here at some point Get it all written down it, it, when the timing is right, when the season mm-hmm. is is appropriate. But mm-hmm. mm, well done. Well, what else do you have to share for us? Anything else you want to dive into, uh, business wise, or anything else of your story? How's how's this year going for you guys? You know, now that we're talking, you know, about- there's always obstacles and always challenges, but I think that keeps it interesting. I think I might be bored if it was just too easy. You know, <laughs> sure. So, um, I don't know. Let's see. Oh, one of the things that I'm concerned about is the the censoring that's going on in the big financial institutes and some of those, you know, banks that we have to deal with and we hear about them, you know, kicking people off their platforms. They don't want their money anymore. And I'm really I'm wondering, is there is there an alternate community? Is there a you know, we I just feel like we need to start having resources. Do you do you know of there any? Are, you know, an interesting topic for sure. I wouldn't mind hearing how your 2022 is going with some specificity because maybe we can dive into you know what needs addressed there or you know how things are going. But uh-huh. on that point, I have been asked and uh, I've been keeping tabs on some organizations specifically. Like, uh, do you know who Nick Vojevich is by any chance? No, uh-uh. Nick Vojevich. Not when I describe him, you might recognize he's the the Christian motivational speaker who has no arms, no legs. Speaks oh to- yes, oh he's wonderful. Right? Yeah, yes. incredible, right? Like any yes. video, anytime you're feeling down or feeling sorry for yourself, oh yeah, wow. just mm-hmm. look up Nick V. You know the yeah. armless. You know, like mm-hmm. any he, he's he's a practical joker too. Like I remember one time he got on an airplane ahead of the passengers and asked them to put him up in the in the uh, luggage bin mm. so he could scare mm. people. <laughs> it's just like, oh man, he, that would be I'd pay he, good money to see that. That's yeah, and, and, and they, another time they had him uh, sitting in the cockpit, like he's the guy that was going to fly the plane. He's greeting the passengers as they're coming on, right? He just had a good old time with that. But He's so driving he, the pilot by mouth with his little Yeah, phone. exactly. So he doesn't take himself too seriously. He's got a great uh-huh. heart, but he's also got a lot of influence. And I've heard they're putting a bank together with you know, biblical values at the core, mm-hmm. basically, for, yeah. for lack of a better, you know, description. And, you know, so there are organizations. I, I'm i not someone who gets overly worked up and concerned 
over mm-hmm. something like that to, just because I know that you know we're going to face trials, but there's always going to be a path forward. Is mm-hmm. you know I, I've I've said about e-commerce for years now. If we go yeah. three or four months without a sky is falling moment, then something's mm-hmm. wrong. But because I've learned every time, it, the sky didn't really fall. You know, the world has ended multiple times in my lifetime, and here we are still, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's always a path forward, a creative solution. I'm not too concerned. I'm not one for boycott, boycotting companies and like, oh, they don't make a stand on the things I believe. It's just too many to keep track of. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I'm just plowing forward with the tools and resources available to me, serving my customers well with platforms, tools, and resources available to me. And, and the doors keep opening up. And I, I hold I put a lot of confidence in the fact that, you know, the United States is still very much a mostly conservative. You know, most mm-hmm. people want to raise their families. They want intact homes with kids who are healthy and functioning and growing up to be responsible adults. And like we have that in common with a lot of people. <laughs> so some of these things that are pushing and back and resisting that. I think they're going to ultimately fail, and um, mm-hmm. so I, I I don't see that as a, a huge an issue of huge concern. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they you know some of these banks have shot themselves in the foot, and you know like that one warning PayPal had. It's like, hey, if you say something that goes against our policy, we're going to fine you five thousand right, dollars. Right, and there was yeah. there was this uh-huh. huge uproar. Mm-hmm. You know, so as scary as that news might have sounded initially, the the, the pushback and the uproar was a thousand times louder, and PayPal mm-hmm. quickly backed off of that statement. Right, yeah. so I, I'm not too concerned about the, especially mm-hmm. the near term future of mm-hmm. our ability yeah. to function in e-commerce, despite having what mainstream would like to call less than mainstream approaches, biblical values. Basically, I I think we're in pretty safe territory still. That's my take, and there's other options coming. And I still use PayPal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. really, well, know, I would love to see another platform rise up that would actually rival Amazon. Do you think Walmart.com will ever be a rival to Amazon? You know, they, they already are in a way, but I don't see them having the technical savvy to mm-hmm. compete at that level. I think Amazon's more likely to shoot itself in the foot than someone is to come along or government regulations. It's probably mm-hmm. going to take them down. It's like, hey, guess what, Amazon? You're not one company. You're 48 companies now. Have fun with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that's probably what's going to be the you know their thorn they mm-hmm. have to deal with versus a, a competitor at this point. They've got such a technological advantage, and and they're they're truly a numbers driven, disciplined company. That mm-hmm. uh, I don't see Walmart, but I love seeing competitors. I love seeing eBay and Walmart hang in there and have great sales. We're going to go where the customers are, and the customers are shopping online. That's the only number I really pay attention to. Sue is mm-hmm. customers shopping online and in increasing numbers. Yes, they are. Opportunities only getting bigger. Where they shop doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going to be. We're going to get in front of the eyeballs. Uh, so, but well, in the near future, takes, I don't see a big change. You know that it takes an element of total faith and and knowing that God is in control to sell on Amazon because you know we hear all the time about how they can stop you from selling. So, you know, it, it kind of makes you want to have something in your back pocket. What's another stream of income that you could yeah. you know, consider or run parallel with with Amazon? I love it. Good question. So I've been doing a series, I'm going to answer two-part answer to your question. First, uh I've been doing a series of shows with my uh, with I say segments, my good friend, Jeff Schick. Have you heard that name yet? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of addressing some of these common issues because if you hang out in the wrong places, one of them being Amazon's own chat boards, mm-hmm. <laughs> discussion <Yeah>. forums, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to hear these 
doom and gloom disaster. Oh no, I got suspended. And that person doesn't come back and share with everybody a week later when they're reinstated and reimbursed. Uh-huh. The yeah. fact that, oh, it was an error. And yeah, Amazon reimbursed me to, for the lost inventory. All you hear is, yeah, I got suspended and they're keeping my money and they're just going to throw me out with the trash. Mm-hmm. You know, Amazon does make mistakes. But from the perspective of a guy who deals with people who are in those circumstances for a living and has had mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of clients go through those worst case scenarios. Yeah. And he says things like 99% of the time, it's mm-hmm. all restored and fine. Sometimes it takes a little time. But we're not playing in this minefield where any of us could lose everything at any minute the way some people pointed out to be. It's just not the case. It's just mm-hmm. not reality. So don't walk in fear. That's the one because it is a very stable platform. Mm-hmm. And you know, with even less with thousands and thousands of students coming through our community, it's a tiny handful of people who have been permanently suspended. And even among them, had they been persistent, all of them would have gotten back on the platform. I'm mm-hmm. convinced. Tiny, tiny handful. Like I'm talking less than five permanent suspensions with thousands and thousands of students yeah, doing this model that's supposedly dangerous. Like in some people, you know, selling other models, like no, it's really not. Mm -hmm. So that's one. You asked me about multiple income streams. Yeah. Relationships, using your voice, building relationships, always just like you experienced. You only mentioned one trade show. You talked to five different companies and you started selling their products and how much income is that generated? That's one day worth mm-hmm. of conversations of getting out of your comfort zone. That's where the multiple streams will come from. Always be expanding the circle of people that know, like, and trust you mm-hmm. by serving them well, by sharing what you know, by telling your story, by getting out there and meeting, by going to small business meetings and telling them very boldly. I think one of the most valuable statements you can make right now, as far as representing the skill set that you have, is to be in a, a group of business owners and say, I know how to sell things online. I know how yeah. the I know how e-commerce works. Does anybody have any questions? Can I be of help to anybody? <laughs> You're going to have a line of people yeah. mm-hmm. that want to talk to you and work with you and creatively offer solutions, you know, back and forth. It's an incredible skill set. I think sometimes we we play it off as being insignificant, but it's huge. It's hugely important mm-hmm. um, to tell people what it is you do and that will lead to other income streams. Mm-hmm. I've got a guy texting me just today who needs my services. He's seeking me out. Not because of this podcast, it's because of my e-commerce skill set, the same mm-hmm. skill set that most of our listeners have. He's eager to, to work together and, and find some creative ways to make money together. And I had people contact me, want to sell things on my eBay account because it's, I've had some experience selling on eBay. I know what I'm talking about. And you know, I get a percentage. The opportunities are everywhere, but they're all relationship-based. I would mm-hmm. strongly encourage... versus saying, hey, you you ought to go out and buy this crypto coin. That's what's exciting. Like, no, relationships. Mm -hmm. That's where I can confidently push you. Uh, And I see it all the time, Sue, the people who kind of drift into this isolation mode and they're trying to look for this next magic formula to make more money. Mm -hmm. Those people don't do so well. Kind of like the people you mentioned earlier. They're in their 40s or 50s and they never married. They have no family. And they're looking around like, wow, life's kind of a dead end for me. Mm-hmm. Isolation does that in business and in your personal life. Mm-hmm. So, what's the opposite of that? Relationships. Yeah, that's interesting. That was, that's <laughs> that's been a challenge after you know while grieving. That has been a huge challenge. Oh, but of course, of yeah, course, and, um, and that's part of the healing process. Though. That has to ring true. You know, you'll know you're getting healthier and healing and, and stepping yeah. more into what God has for you as you start bringing people into your life again and expanding the circle of people that bring 
you know, joy and mm-hmm. camaraderie, right? Like that, that's, that's healthy. God's plan for us isn't to isolate and to kind of slowly disappear into our own little box, right? <laughs> All right, Jim, fine. Yeah, okay. You can, yeah, now you're mad at Dave Ramsey and me. All right. <laughs> no, and, and it's not just for you, Sue. That's, that's you. Yeah. I mean, I'm challenging myself as I say these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's very easy to just kind of isolate and circle the wagons during difficult times, but that's that's not how we were made. You know, I, I love Rabbi Daniel Lappin points this out all the time when he's on this topic, and he talks about you know we we study Genesis, and from a Hebrew perspective of the Orthodox Jewish rabbi who studies these things in the original language they were written in, mm-hmm. when God says it's not good for man to be alone, you know, He created all of creation and said it is good, it is good, it is good, and finally He yeah. said, ah, you know what? That's not so good. Just a dude mm-hmm. by himself. That's like mm-hmm. we always associate that with the male female relationship, and mm-hmm. it does cover that. Yeah. But the language used in Hebrew specifically talks about, in general, any mm-hmm. of us being alone or isolating is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Isolation yeah. is not good for yeah. temporary periods of time as we you know, pray or we meditate on God's word or we go off by ourselves to think about our future plan or whatever. Yeah, cool. But as a lifestyle, isolation, tragic. Right. And in yeah. business. Think of the verse that says, a child left to his own devices will bring his, his parents to shame. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Mm-hmm. When it gets real quiet in the house full of big full of kids, something's yeah. up, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's funny. Well, hopefully that you're finding this helpful. Anything else uh, you want to go through on your list, or anything else that you you wanted to kind of discuss today? I apologize. I I'm think... getting a text from my family. I'm kind of no, multitasking. That's okay. I think we covered everything. <laughs> you asked me about the 2022. My oh account. yeah, let's dive into yeah. those results a little bit. You know, we didn't do so good in 21 because we basically, you know, forfeited our, our highest earning time to go and be with our daughter. And we did not work in January or February. But in spite of that, we did hit our all-time high of the rolling 12 months with the million dollars in sales just recently. So our accountant says we're in good shape and prepared to play pay Uncle Sam quite a bit. So, <laughs> so you've got a seven-figure rolling year. Yeah right mm-hmm. now. Beautiful. And yeah, largely because of our product that, you know, basically went viral. And um yeah. There's always challenges. I I you know, always looking for, for new opportunities and new products. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very bullish on the replens model. If you're looking for a specific tip, I don't know how much time you spend doing that model. Is that something that you've dove into or have you have investigated? Well, I, I mean, I use it. I basically use it um, online. We do not like standing in stores, um, right. really have pain issues. So we don't we don't like to stand in the store and, and do replens that way. But we do, we do, you know, use that online. So good. I'm kind of going more in the wholesale direction. It just is way more comfortable for us to do. Sure. Sure. How do you approach wholesaling? In, in summary, what's your approach? Um, there's been a variety of different methods. Sometimes I will get a yes on a wholesale account that Amazon is selling on and I'll find one product in their catalog that Amazon is not selling and I'll grab that product and, and list it. And there's oftentimes I will just find one or two products that a small wholesaler has and go with that. I don't have any big, huge brand names, you know, just small, small companies. And I have a little niche that I look for things in. And we have a a little private label product that we just 
we're testing out this year and it's kind of doing well. Unfortunately, our manufacturer retired. So now we're looking for a new one, but I think we're going to start to really kind of push that. I think it really is an underserved area and will really meet some, some needs. And that's something that this, you know, this guy, Jim talks about on his podcast. <laughs> and so, um, you know, trying to find ways to serve people. And, and yeah. I think we're going to actually push that a little bit, maybe do some advertising with that and get that out there a little bit. So, right. And I know you talked about maybe starting a, a Shopify site as well on some of these products that have some momentum. And I think, uh, you know, we'd have to dedicate a whole segment to that. You're going to find it much easier to launch products on Amazon than you ever will on your own website. That's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Customers are just so much, uh, you know, they're so much more comfortable shopping on Amazon than any other website. Yeah. Interesting. This product has actually done better on walmart.com than on Amazon. Mm, so you're selling it there as a well. a lot of communication with the customer about specifics and wanting advice about how to use it and mm-hmm. so forth. So yeah, kind of perplexing little thing, but it, it's mm-hmm. been enough to just let us know that, hey, we should, we should, we just actually ran out of our first batch. So, That's fascinating. So you attribute your success on Walmart to the fact that you're able to interact with the customer more easily. Is that what you just said? I think that's what it is yeah. because I, I mean, they, to agree. they seem to be comfortable, you know, sending us a question, Hey, yeah. how do I do this? How many do I need? Yep. And so forth, that type of thing. And there's a lot of back and forth with that. So yeah, it's not as uh, restrictive as it is on Amazon, which is one of the challenges I've had for Amazon corporate for a while now. And they're starting to make some improvements there. Mm-hmm. But in their interest of making sure that nobody steals our customers, they've set up this brick wall between buyer and seller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you may have heard me mention this before, and I've talked about it on multiple occasions. I won't go into the full depth of this lesson I'm trying to teach, but it, biblically in the Hebrew tradition, where we get the concept of, of, of transactions in a, in a free, free market, a transaction is the beginning of a mutually beneficial lifelong relationship. That's what a transaction is. It brings people together. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's the start of a friendship. It's yeah. a very healthy way to start a friendship because you both win, right? That's a good way to start yeah. off a new relationship. We both just won, right? We exchanged mm-hmm. something of greater value than what we gave away. We both received something of greater value. But Amazon has set a brick wall between the two parties. So to the, to the degree that your question earlier was, is Walmart going to catch Amazon? Well, if they figure out how to allow buyers and sellers to connect in a meaningful way and kind of build community there, they could yeah. make some serious ground mm-hmm. because Walmart's yeah. still dragging its heels on that. Yeah. I mean, sorry, yeah. Amazon's the, dragging Amazon its heels. Amazon is, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the other challenge is just creating listings now on Amazon is just so difficult. A little, a little trickier. And it used to be, you know, in the early days that I could create a listing and have it up and running and get sales immediately. And it's just not the case lately, mm-hmm. you know? So we're going to overcome that obstacle, but it's going to take some work. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's always going to be challenges, but I, I find those challenges are blessings because they keep away the tire kickers who want the low-hanging fruit only, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a barrier. Hey, you know, that just creates the opportunity for those of us who are willing to do a little bit of work and keep learning. Mm-hmm. And that's the value of this community. I feel like we're keeping people, you know, a year or two ahead of the competition by discussing these these little nuances that give you the advantage. Mm-hmm. Well, Sue, this has been a great episode. It's It's been a longer episode. So I, I'm very grateful to you for for hanging in there with us today and, and sharing from the heart and so many great tips. Was there anything else I don't want to cut you off? But I think we no, probably everything. bring this in for a landing. Or otherwise, we're both going to need a cup of coffee as well as a listener. Yes. Probably on uh, this I just thank you for 
sharing so openly on the podcast mm-hmm. and just sharing all that information. Um, life-changing for me. I'm just grateful to my friend Rose who introduced me. She's just so giving. And um, no, I'm just thank you for having me. And I, I just pray everybody has wonderful opportunities. Anybody who needs that income, especially sympathetic to the homeschooling families and people trying to raise their kids and just hope that this will be a blessing to them. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your gratitude. And I'm going to send you back 10 times more because this was a great episode. I can, I, I often kind of have this instinct now after doing 500 plus episodes, which ones are really going to, you know, hit people in the heart and truly have an impact. Uh, and this is one of those where people are really going to be moved and inspired. And, you know, even though we're, we're keeping it a bit anonymous per your request, which is a perfectly valid request. Absolutely. But I think people are going to feel like they really know you now. And, uh, to the degree that you're ready to step into some more leadership roles as the season develops where that's appropriate for you and your family. But we'd love to, to see you step into some new roles around here and, and you know maybe create some content, be a coach, that kind of thing. You're more than qualified, of course, but that season will come in time, my friends. Sound like a plan? All right, Jim. I'm always, right, getting, you know, I, I'm always in coach mode. Even my kids and my wife are like, you're always just challenging people for can't you just relax let people just fly like no time is short there's mountains to climb <laughs> i'm just always driven god gave yeah. that to me hey i'm a coach and, and a good coach is always a little bit annoying on how much they want to push you forward right so there you go that's well, my excuse that's all right if i as long as i can give you a little ribbing that's fine that's oh i i yo trust me yeah i've got four boys are you kidding me yeah yeah that happens all right, all right. Well, well, we just for- got a huge freight shipment. I can I saw the truck coming in, so oh, I better get you gotta back go to check work. that out. Yeah, <laughs> go get go get your team. Go get uh, Team Sue rocking, right? Or what'd you call him? Sue's crew. Squad Sue's crew. There we go. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, God bless you, my friend. I'm gonna talk to the listener for just a moment, and uh, thank you for hanging out with Sue and I today. We sh- we certainly had a good time. We hope you were challenged and encouraged as well. We love doing episodes like this. If you found value in it, please send a friend to silentgym.com, which are appreciated or leave us a review on iTunes, especially we love those iTunes reviews. Those really help us out or subscribe on iTunes. That helps boost us in the rank and new listeners come along that way. So we'll have another great episode for you again real soon. God bless you, business building warrior. You're in our prayers and we love serving you. Talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for hanging out today. Before I let you go, one short reminder We are so grateful to our new sponsor to this program, Seller Board. If you haven't checked them out yet, get over to silentgym.com slash numbers. This is the software that tells you if you're profitable or not. It helps you track all of your expenses, your KPIs, sales, refunds, advertising costs, all of it. Profit, loss. This is tremendous software that fills a gap in the marketplace. Many successful sellers in our community are using this tool to help them know which of their products are profitable and which ones aren't. You'll love Sellerboard for just $15 a month starting. You can really dial in and know how your business is doing. Silentgym.com slash numbers. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.